Welcome to You've Gotta Taste This, the podcast where food people tell you about recipes that you've simply got to taste. I'm your host, Adam Roberts, and I've been writing about food for almost 20 years. I love to cook, and even more, I love to talk about cooking. So let's get started. My guest today is podcast royalty. Her name is Starly Kine, and she was the creator of one of my favorite podcasts of all time called The Mystery Show. But you may have also heard her on This American Life. She was also a producer for one of the greatest podcasts ever, S-Town. So I'm so thrilled to have her on today's podcast. Before we get to that, though, I just want to let you know I'll be taking a brief hiatus from the podcast. If you want to keep up with me, you can subscribe to my newsletter, the Amateur Gourmet newsletter at amateurgourmet.substack.com. And you can follow along in my life on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Amateur Gourmet. All right, here is my talk with Starly Kine. All right, Starly. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You are one of the reasons I started my podcast because your podcast, Mystery Show, is one of my favorites of all time. So it means a lot that you're here. I is that really why is like the, like the, that like the collective? How did you? Pick your idea for your podcast. Like, when did you have? Oh well, this is my third iteration of my podcast. I mean, I've been throwing spaghetti at the wall. I mean, ironically, uh, with different podcasts. The first one was called Lunch Therapy, and the premise was I asked people what they had for lunch, and then we just like analyzed them, which was really fun. But mm-hmm. I, the reason I stopped doing that is it got a little too personal with people who weren't prepared for it, and then like they would ask me not to air the episodes, and I'd be like, okay, this is because like chefs would come on, and I'd be like, okay, let's get into your childhood, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do that. Um, and then the second one was just called the Amateur Gourmet Podcast, which um, was just general food stuff. And then this one, I wanted to focus on recipes because I wanted there to be a real takeaway for people so that when the episode was over, they can go to my blog and get the recipe and be inspired to make it. So anyway, your podcast just showed me that you could have a really unique voice and tell great stories and um, be captivating and relatable. But I mean, are you still interested in podcasting or is that period over? I don't know. I mean, I really loved making my podcast so much. I really, it was like my favorite thing to do. It's also stressful, but it was, yeah. but I like that. Like I, I set it up so that it was stressful. Um, and in my podcast, because it wasn't, you know, famous chefs, it was actually notably not famous chefs. Yes. Like I could, you can, you can go in that direction of asking personal questions and people like run with it. Like, I feel like people really do want to, open up and as long as you can, if you're doing it like in a trusting way, I feel like people like to share and I like to listen. Um, but as far as now, I don't know. Like, I feel like podcasting has changed so much. There's yeah. a million podcasts, literally a million, at least that's a distract. Um, and I feel very disillusioned by the industry of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I don't, and, and at this point, it's kind of hard to even know how to jump back into this. Well, also, like your podcast was so beautifully produced. Like, and I feel like what I do is just literally I put this on Zoom, <laughs> record on Zoom, and I upload to GarageBand and publish it. I feel like to do something like Mystery Show or something, it probably takes so much work behind the scenes beyond just interviewing people or talking to people, right? Yeah, but that work is actually my favorite part of it. Like, oh, I love, is it? Oh, okay. I love editing. I love crafting it. I find interviews. It's funny because these kind of shows, I like these kind of shows. I, whenever I've even, I kind of, I was part of one, like an interview show with me and my friends, David and John, there was this election betting show. Mm -hmm. I just always find it, like I almost, I think it's because I started, 
this American life and it was so much about the editing and the writing and all part of it, it almost sound it almost feels I always I don't quite feel satisfied when I do it, even though I totally like all these shows that are so I they're like mo- pretty much the only shows I listen to are people just doing interviews. And I think something mm-hmm. I think so many people are so good at it. I think it's I'm almost at the point where I, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't want to put a show in unless it offer something different than that stuff because there's so much of it. But personally, I don't find it as satisfying. I just, and I'm not, not, I don't, I don't want even to say that in any, cause I'm not, I'm truly not knocking interview shows at all, but I really do love the crafting and editing mm-hmm. so much because interviews can make me doing interviews can be stressful for me and like doing them and also being on the receiving end, all of it. Yeah. And so I always like, I like talking to people, but there's so much that goes into it and I get so emotionally attached that once you're done with it and you have it and then you can put it all together it's just that's so relaxing and wonderful to me so we were talking before we started and I I mean I know that you write for tv too and it makes so much sense to me because the kind of podcast that you did was about structure I mean it was a story that you were shaping and telling Uh, I just re-listened to my favorite one which is the Britney Spears one Um, for those who haven't listened to it I recommend it but basically this woman um, had a, a book that she wrote and there was like a paparazzi picture of Britney Spears holding that book and it was kind of obscure. And then the mystery was like, why was Britney Spears holding that book? But then you kind of go off on, I mean, you speak to this person at Ticketmaster on the phone for 20 minutes. I mean, it just seemed like so wild, but at the same time, so grounded in reality too. So it must be, yeah, really fun to put those together, I would imagine. Yeah. And again, like to me, it's so... I feel like when people bring up the Ticketmaster part, like I knew, I understand. I also find it very like affecting. I found it affecting talking to him. Like I feel like he really led me to figuring out what that show is. Like I was, that was only the second episode. Everyone I talked to really is who they really all helped me understand what mystery show was. Yeah. To me, it's also like so obvious. Where I'm just like, yeah, you. Like that's, that's exactly. Like, I want to talk to people. I want other voices heard. I want to hear from other people. And like, why wouldn't you? You it's all it's it's all it, it, it's all ingredients, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's like found <laughs> art or something. Yeah. And it's just like they're it's it, all like Ticketmaster is how you find the stories. It's it's captivating because it's a real connection and because we don't normally bother we are we like call customer service and we want to get we want to get to the human being but when the human being talks we want to get off the phone as quickly as possible we don't Mm -hmm. really put time into that and like it's all about that's why it's that's why i think it's interesting to people because it's just something different based on like our everyday interactions well yeah yeah i mean all this is all to say that you you know whether intentionally or not i mean this that podcast led to this and now I'm going to drag you into a subject that I don't know how comfortable you are with this subject, because when I asked you for a recipe, you sort of said you didn't have one. Um, but I we're going to talk about food. And yeah. um, but I have to tell you what ended up happening today because of what you suggested ended up being like a transformative experience. So it actually was pretty amazing. So let's get started with um, what you assigned me um, and I will add the caveat that I didn't actually get to go eat the very specific thing that you did assign me, but I did recreate it. So what was it that you assigned me? The sprouts and avocado sandwich at Trails Cafe in Griffith Park. Griffith Park. And, and what made you choose that? Well, you asked me, 
see, and you're about to move to New York, right? Yeah, yeah, we could talk all about that. It feels like it's a perfect like like object to study in terms of like New York versus LA, like the Sprout sandwich in Griffith Park feels very LA emblematic. Yeah, and I I I don't have I'm not I'm on I go I'm from LA and I have like and I Oh, interesting. I would have thought you were from New York. Thank you. And I, <laughs> I I go back and I've gone back and forth between the two cities between New York and LA a lot. And sometimes there's been times in my life where LA has been very appealing to me and I wanted to be in it more than New York. This is not one of those times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am having a hard time. Like when you ask me, like, do I have a favorite recipe? I think you asked me like, do you have- first you asked me if I have a recipe and then you asked if I have a favorite meal or even Dish. a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just, I've, I've been having a really hard time thinking of places in LA that I love or mm-hmm. recommend to people. Um, and, and I also spent the pandemic in LA. So I feel like that brought its own like heavy associations with it, but trails I have not been, I've not been since before the pandemic. Um, so maybe that's why it's kind of preserved in my. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, that, that makes sense. Like it's kind of this like special LA place that never got corrupted um, in your yeah. mind post pandemic. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Got it. So, but in terms of like the kind of food you like to eat, does that sandwich represent a typical Starly Kind lunch? No, because I don't have a typical Starly Kind lunch. Like I'm <laughs> one of the people that like forgets to eat and all this. Oh God, you're one of those people? I can't believe it. I know. I guess it's ADD. I didn't realize that. If you look at TikTok, apparently it's ADD. Um, this... really? I have ADD and I never forget to eat. In fact, like I have the opposite problem where I'm constantly remembering to eat and need to stop myself. So um, that's interesting. Well... Yeah. Also, yeah. It's funny. I love. I actually really love. I love neurodivergent TikTok. But also, like, I feel like after a while, it starts to feel like there's a grab bat. Like, like you're putting everything into yes. one. Like, but um, but I do forget to eat constantly, and it's not actually because of. It's really not for any. It's not like I'm not I'm not trying to at all. Like I'm not trying to not eat or anything like that. I just forget. I mean, I forgot to eat before. I didn't eat. I've not eaten before this interview. Like really? I was like running home I like grabs yeah because it's like yeah I just don't I just forget like I but don't do you, are you like running on empty like did you wake up this morning and have like oatmeal or something or no nothing, nothing? no where wow. it's not I'm not trying to be like like it's not an eating you know like it's not like an eating just it's not like a a food avert it's not like I don't I want right. to eat I'm not trying to like I'm not doing anything intentionally I'm not trying right. to like not eat I'm not anything like that um but no I mean sometimes if there was food it really, it's so dependent on where I am. So like mm-hmm. right now I've been subletting a place in New York and it's, I love, I love the area. It's like this Williamsburg Greenpoint kind of. I, don't know, if I, I think we're going to look there. I think Williamsburg might be on the list. Yeah. It's, I lived there for 15 years and then I gave up my apartment, regretted it terribly and now realize it was totally, it's totally the best neighborhood. And all I've been trying to do is like get back. And so right now it's where I, I have this great sublet and it's in this, it's right. I can't tell if it's, it's both Greenpoint and Williamsburg. It's great, but it's got, it's right before the highway. Okay. So it's got like these two, there's not, it's weird. There's actually, it's really, it's there's, for Williamsburg. It's quite quiet and there's not that much stuff. There's like not even like a corner, corner bodega for. Really? And even okay. all the bodegas on this side actually aren't, there's a market that looks like a bodega, but it closes at night. So that's not a bodega. And then the bodega kind of, I would not, I, I've missed Madega so much, but the one here <laughs> actually kind of sucks, um, which, wow. or is there like, the people are so nice. It's very barren. 
It's um, so funny. I had just a sidebar. I um was once on the train coming home from like a party and I, I didn't I didn't eat and I ran into this food writer, um, Rachel Wharton, who li- lives in New York. And I was like, what do I do for dinner? She's like, well, go to the bodega and um, get a can of beans. And then when you get home, just whatever vegetables you have in the refrigerator, like chop them up and saute them and, and add it to the beans. So I did a blog post called, you know, Rachel Wharton's Bodega Beans. And it. a couple of years ago during the pandemic, I think BuzzFeed like reboosted it and it became this like phenomenon on the internet. And so whenever I think of bodegas, I think of Rachel Wharton and a can of beans. Um, I love that. And I'm sure this bodega has got a can of beans. It's it's a very, it's a really weird, it's really big, but weirdly doesn't. I think it's because it's one of the, it's kind of the only one on this side of the highway. So maybe uh-huh. it's just picked clean by the time I go. They're totally nice who work, everyone who works there, but it's not, it's, it's really not a great one. And then, or like a plentiful one. And then, and so, but, but also I have this, like, there's so many coffee shops by where I write mm. like just drowning in wonderful coffee shops. And there's this coffee shop on the corner, which I love so much. I love it. My dog can come in, but it doesn't have, I don't, it, it it's baked goods are pretty dry. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. so, and, and they're so wonderful. And I haven't had dinner or lunch there. So maybe it's, it's different for the meals. But my point is, my point is it <laughs> all depends on where I am. So if I'm kind of like, don't have anything immediately around me, then I just my it's like my body alters to accommodate the situation and then I don't but do you enjoy it like like let's let's say the opposite happened like you walked into like a scenario where there was a giant table covered with all of the great foods of the world would you like grab a plate and start loading up your plate like do you enjoy yeah. that aspect of you know what I mean I mean absolutely yeah I mean it's, it's proximity right like, right so it's not that you don't enjoy eating it's that you don't think to do it it's I don't it's I don't pre- I think this is probably the ADD part I don't prepare Right. And so it's not in front of me. Like when I just, I just flew, I just got, well, I got a, I got an, I got a credit card for so I can have lounge access for the oh, first congratulations. time. Congratulations. We did but too. Did. Actually, we just got that too. It's yeah, amazing. I, it's amazing, but I did it for my dog because I want to fly with him. And so I've got all these like things around it. And so now I just, I can't believe it just is you get a credit card and it's not even anyway. And then you get to go in this place. And so like when I flew back to, to New York, a couple weeks ago, I was loading up everything in that lounge. So like, <laughs> like I mean, it really right. is there. I don't like. It's not that you don't like food. You're just cheap. Not cheap. I'm, I'm so just kidding. Well, I'm just making it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But I'm just like, <laughs> me, but like my number one quality is not being cheap. Anything mm. I'm reckless. Me but, too. That's yeah. my problem. That's why we don't own a house or anything. And that's why I'm probably going to go broke when I move back to New York. But we'll see. We're better. It's better to be like us. Yeah. It's better to be like us than cheap. I remember I, really, I read this Oscar Wilde quote that was very dangerous for me, but it was basically anyone who lives within their means has a serious lack of imagination. And yeah. that's basically been my motto for my whole life. And I don't have much financially to show for it, but I have a lot of life experience. So yeah. And it's better good. to be generous and not like, yeah. not like crunching numbers of like, Oh my God. Yeah. And like in Venmo, like it's, I truly, truly, I agree with you. And do you know what the creepiest thing is to me lately is Venmo, like as like a, not a message board, but like a public forum to see like people who pay each other things. And like, I see a lot of married couples that I know on there, like Venmoing each other for groceries. And I'm like, wait, aren't you married? Like, why are you Venmoing each? I mean, to me, that's bizarre. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but I find that very strange. You're only old fashioned in the Oscar Wilde sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, okay. So you grew up in LA. Um, so oh, where did you grow up in? Um, 
a family where there was lots of like home cooking or like what was the food situation at home? Not at all, which is why I think I don't know how to like prepare anything. Like I, it's why I, it's, it's why cooking is not like a, any kind of habit to me. Like I would right. know how to prepare if you told me how to prepare, but I don't know how to prep to prepare. I don't know how to, like, yeah, yeah no, there was truly no cooking at all, at all. Um, we went out to restaurants. I grew up in the suburbs and we went out to restaurants, like suburban restaurants constantly. Not Same. fancy. That's what and my family not, did, except in Boca Raton, Florida. Honestly, probably very similar. The, yeah. I mean, Florida has really, I, my sister lived in Florida, my dog, for a little okay. while. Florida really has like the, has dismal culinary options. I Yes. But uh, yeah, but probably the same kind of places. He'll stop in a second. Oh, that's fine. I have a dog on the couch. Too. He'll probably bark at some point. Um, I would, my family would go to like the Olive Garden, TGI Fridays. And then in yes. Boca, all these athletes opened up restaurants. So there was like a Wilt Chamberlain's and a Pete Rose's and th- we went there a lot. But um, yeah, it's so funny. So your family and my family are very similar. Yeah. Olive Garden was ab- hundred hands down my first Italian experience for years. Yes. Like, I did not know. And I loved it. Like I ate the fettuccine. I remember thinking the fettuccine was so delicious at Olive Garden. Yes. Like, and the breadsticks and the salads. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I went there with my grandmother for the first time when we first moved to Florida. And I I was like, I hit the lottery. I couldn't believe it, how yeah. amazing it was. And it's yeah. funny now to look back on that. Yeah. My grandmother cooked. Like she had a few dishes like and... So, and I always equate her house with like, she, we never, like we, we, she had a house in Palm Springs and I spent like my childhood going to her house for the summers and all the time, any, any free time, my family would go up and see her and we barely ever left that house. And it was always like the same kind of meals, but like Kugel and then this okay. chicken. I was going to ask if you were Jewish. I don't even know if you're allowed to ask that these days, but um, as a Jewish person myself, I think I'm allowed to ask. So that makes sense. Okay. So you have a Jewish family like my family where, where nobody was cooking at home and you're eating yes. out every, okay. But the grandmother gonna, cooked. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, when you said we had a very similar thing, I was like, it's probably because we're, we're Jewish. <laughs> yeah. But it's also a generational I, thing because I, I imagine like, my mother and your mother or that generation, like it was seen as like, I don't know, like I think for I'll speak for my mother. I feel like she saw it as like a sign of failure to be home cooking and doing dishes. Like like it was it had to do with like a sense of upward mobility from like the the family's background from like, you know, the pogroms mm-hmm. in Russia. Like it's like now she doesn't have to do her dishes. She doesn't have to cook. She gets to eat out every night. I don't know. That's how, that's how I, I've always interpreted it. I think there was a lot, there's a lot to that. And I know like my grandparents, they were born in America, but they came from like, like Lithuania and Poland. And mm-hmm. I'm finding with that side, but they, they were born, their families came, but they were born here and they were born in Chicago and they moved to LA to when my mom was a teenager and my grandmother, whose name was Goldie, she went through like a period where she changed her name to Gwen and she, <laughs> and they lived in Beverly Hills and they were all like upperly mobile. We live, I didn't grow up in Beverly. I grew up in this. We, my dad was from Long Beach and okay. then we, I grew up in Whittier, which is weird. Like it's not technically Orange County. Is that where Richard Nixon is from? Yes. And there's no Jews. It's okay. very, Indian. but <laughs> my it. mom, I think had this very like that, like this Beverly Hills, Jewish, yes, like reinvention, um 
uh, you know, teenage and young adulthood. And then, and I think that she carried with her to the suburban life. My dad did not at all have that. And he grew up in, and his parent, he was, he, my dad is cheap and he never <laughs> spent any money. And he grew up in this like little house in Long Beach. And I feel uh-huh. like somehow they carried this energy with them to Whittier, which was, I mean, just shockingly free of, I mean, there's no Jews. I didn't know any Jews growing up in Whittier. It's such a oh strange, not weird. Um, and so close to LA and in LA, technically LA. So did, when you went to your grandmother's house and she would cook kugel and stuff, was that really exotic for you to like eat that food? It wasn't exotic because I grew up eating it. Right. I didn't even think about like, I mean, I didn't think about, I mean, I knew I was, I felt Jewish in this cultural sense of like, I mean, we were always going to my grandmother's house and we were always yeah. eating kugel and, and, and <laughs> she, I guess she probably made matzo ball soup. She definitely gave it to us. I don't know if she made it. She made this chicken and she made this kugel. And I, so I didn't feel exotic. It didn't feel exotic because it was so familiar. Did you love but it? Like what was in the kugel? Loved it. Loved it. Uh, noodles and what is, what is, what do you make kugel? I well, made my mom the- made like a, like a, like a sweet one. My mom's had like cottage cheese and then like pineapple yes. rings and maraschino cherries. No pineapple rings. <laughs> no, I would have hated if there were pineapple on it. Oh, okay. So was your savory? No, it was sweet. It had the cottage cheese and it was, um, and I think there were raisins in it that I would pick out. Uh, but I probably okay. didn't ask to not because I don't I she would have she made it for us. And then it was soft on the, you know, like the noodle on the bottom, and then there was that there was that crusty, that crisp mm-hmm. crust. Yeah. Oh, sure. So good. And I've made it before and I still think it's so when good. When I get to New York, we'll have to make it together. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. could have been the recipe. That could have been the thing that you sent oh. me. Yeah. All right. True. What it could have should have. Actually, we haven't really gotten into the whole um, recreation of the sandwich. But wait, did you? Do we finish talking about? I mean, I feel like I'm jumping all around here. But um, but this sandwich that we're going to circle back to is like emblematic of a certain kind of California. Like this, like I mean, sprouts. Like let's talk about sprouts. Well, actually, I'll just tell you how I made the sandwich, and you can tell me if I recreated it correctly based on what you okay. ate. Um, okay. I bought whole grain bread. I smeared on mayonnaise. And this is also based on the picture I saw from um, the Griffith Park Place trails that I sent you. Was it a picture they posted? I don't know. But you corrected me and said that the what looked like watercress was really sprouts. So on the sandwich, I put a sliced avocado and I dressed it with a little lemon juice. It's why I think that picture is not the actual sandwich, because that you couldn't mistake. Sorry to interrupt, but no, no, please. In that picture. That like what I've eaten is not look like that lettuce that like it wasn't okay. like like a mistaken like that there was a it was a different iteration that in that picture. So, well, so I mean, basically, all I did was I did avocado mayonnaise on the bread, avocado um, sprouts, and I did like a hefty portion of sprouts. And then I did sliced red onion. And then I did I actually somebody on Twitter, I asked for help with the sandwich, said that they weren't bacon bits on it. They were veggie bacon bits. Um, and so I went to the grocery, I went to Gelson's and I bought these really cool things that were like pinto bean bacon bits. So they're kind of crispy and fried and crunchy and taste like bacon, but I put them on the sandwich. But aren't bacon bits always veggie? I don't think no. of bacon bits. Oh, I, oh I only... wait, are they? Oh, maybe you're right. I had no idea. Yeah. Cause I only have eaten bacon bits. I, I don't eat bacon. So like, and not cause I'm Jewish because I oh, like animals, yeah. but, um, but it, uh, and so I, I think I've always bacon bits are like from like. Oh, that minute. was my own naivete, naivete, because I thought bacon, bacon. When I was in the store, I was like, I can't use that because it's bacon. 
Oh, no, I think it's I think it's I think it's like a soy or whatever. I don't I think bacon bits is like early early vegetarian. Oh, uh, well you got to try this stuff cuz what was cool about it is it's only pinto beans that are it's like there's no extra products in it. It's only beans that are like shredded and fried and like they really taste like bacon. Anyway, so I closed up the sandwich and then I, I bit into it. And it was sort of like this like revelation. I think the lemon juice, I don't know if they do lemon juice, but I think that brightened it up a little. But like biting into sprouts and avocado with bacon bits or whatever and like soft bread is like mm -hmm. such a such a unique sensation. And it feels very California and very like nourishing and refreshing. So that was my revelation was that like I actually loved the sandwich and I will absolutely make it again. But yeah. for you, I mean, does that sound pretty accurate for what you like about it? Totally. Like, I think it is so fresh and crisp and like, I, I, I don't eat, I don't really eat meat. I, mm -hmm. I don't really, I sometimes eat chicken, but I, I'm really like one Instagram account away from never eating chicken again. Like it's yeah, like, me too. I see one, I mean, there's this Turkey that I loved called tofu that I've never eaten Turkey again because of him on Instagram. Like it's, yeah. it, it does not, I mean, and I really stick with it. Like, that's like, like I really, when I, when I would, Truly, when I saw this turkey, he, he's now died. Not because of uh, oh, not not because of he was eaten, because he was <laughs> old age. Just old age, um, got it. So amazing. He would dance. He loved share, and he would dance when you would put share. He particularly liked share. Like he liked lots of music, but share would be like really bring him to life. Um, but uh, so my point is, I. I and I don't like a lot of vegetables. Oh and no, so, that's tricky. Okay. Yeah. But and so it's really hard for sandwiches because most sandwiches I feel I feel like I feel like most delicious sandwiches very much are about the meat and I understand why. But and which so, vegetables don't you like? Almost all, like so many. Broccoli. Like, I like broccoli, although I saw this video now that make I might might make it so I can never eat broccoli again. Why? How, what's wrong with broccoli? That they don't have feelings. No, it's not about feelings. It's about <laughs> I didn't say it because I want to eat broccoli and I like it. It's because it was say something it. Like, now everyone who's listening is going to want to know what you're going to say. So I think you got to say there's, there's bugs these, in the broccoli. Yeah, it's like you're supposed to really wash your broccoli because if there's like these bugs that you can't see and they're like if you look close, it sees. But isn't that true so of everything? It's not like don't aren't there like bugs on your eyebrows at night when you're sleeping? You saw this video. It is so <laughs> upsetting. And I didn't even mean to. It was like in a someone's um, you know, what is it called? Mixtape, like their mixtape yeah, of a slide I don't like that person. That would that would really disturb me if I saw yeah, that. Yeah, so I've been trying. Like I just like actually that cafe, one of the things that they do have that's okay that's next to my house is this like quiche, like a broccoli cheddar quiche, and I keep ordering it and then not being able to because I can't get this video. Oh my god. You need yeah, you gotta shake that video. I mean, I think that could be true of almost any vegetable or any food product could have bugs in it. No, but I'll no, but they're like like a like a town of bugs. It's like these like completely You're saying because of the shape of like the broccoli, like that those bugs are specific. They're under they're underneath like the tree head and like yeah. it is I'll send it. I mean, if you want me to send it to you, if you want me to room broccoli for you, I can. But I mean, I'll still eat it. So you can send it not, to me. Okay. It's not like a little, it's not like when you find a bug in your salad though. Right. It's even that would make me upset. But this is like, oh my God, this is like they're gonna take this is like this is like the little alien in Men in Black who is like yeah. behind it. Like, he's like they're like controlling us. Like, it'd be like, it's really? Like, or it's God, like The Last of Us. It's like the yeah. mushrooms, except it's broccoli. Or like, you're like, oh, these actual bugs being like, we've been hiding in plain sight. This whole, we've been hiding under here the whole time and we're pulling all this. It's so crazy. Um, but I'll show I'll send it to you. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I like broccoli. I don't, I, I really hate peppers. Like, 
Yeah, a lot of people peppers. do. A lot of chefs hate bell peppers. Oh, I hate them so much. And I don't. I and I, why. I don't know. For me, it's I don't like the taste of peppers. But I also there's also all this food that I don't like the seeds in. Uh-huh. Like, so like, I don't like tomatoes, but I do like tomato sauce. What was I just watching? Oh, I was watching Only Murders in the Building. Did you watch that? I haven't yet, but I hear it's cozy. It's cute, but there is this like Tina Fey's character hates the inside of a tomato, and they kind of use yes. that against her. Yes, so that that would be used against me as well, like that, <laughs> yeah. that inside. But at least with tomatoes, I like the taste of the sauce. Peppers, I don't like the taste or the stuff inside. I don't like anything okay. about anything to do with them. And I don't. And it's like... the seeds, the aspects also of the seeds, like because they kind of yeah. look like um cantaloupe seeds. So you also not like cantaloupe. I don't like any of the seeds, any of the stuff with the seeds, like the juicy seeds. Okay. Wow. I know. It's not, I don't, yeah. it's not, I don't like, it's not, I'm not happy about any of this. No, I wish this was my old podcast, Lunch Therapy. Then I could really analyze you. But unfortunately, yeah. this is, you've got to taste yeah. this. Um, <laughs> or but, you uh, don't have to taste this after this conversation. But, um, but that, no, so that I, sandwich has a lot of things that you love on it. Well, no, my, well, what I was getting at actually was that I also just think probably for most people, like a meat sandwich would be more satisfying but when i have that sprout when i have that trail sandwich i'm like this is actually a good sandwich because it's not like i i I ordered some avocado white bean sandwich the other day and i was like this is like i i this is me having to put up with this because i watched that tofu the turkey account now i can't want you turkey you know (laughs) but when i have the sprouts i don't feel like i'm i don't feel like this is a compromise or a sacrifice this feels like like i'm like this is a really good sandwich and they because it's all it's it's hearty and it's it, the crispness of it makes everything feel just very substantial. I don't I guess there's may I don't remember mayonnaise on it, but I they're probably I don't know if there's I don't well, remember I've seen various mayonnaise. pictures of it. Like there was one that had a slice of American cheese on it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That felt wrong to me. But is that what you remember? No, what I remember is the avocado and the sprouts and the onions and the bacon bits that are yeah. not real whatever I could be wrong about bacon bits whatever I had was definitely not bacon um yeah. and it being like just every time I'd have it it never like being the power never being diluted it always yeah. I would look forward to it and I would go and I would just be like this is wonderful and it doesn't make me too full but it fills me up without making me feel sick and it just I agree I feel very full right now I just ate one and then we I put a lot of avocado on it so I think that's why I'm so full yeah. um but I thought the the bacon bits but I also thought like as crunchy as it was on the inside because of the sprouts like I really like that I kept the bread soft because like normally I would toast bread for a sandwich but what's nice about the sandwich is like the soft bread kind of gives it this almost like parcel or like almost like a dumpling or something where it's like soft on the outside but then crispy on the inside that's also part of what I liked about it yeah Um, yes it's it's like um it feels like the kind of sandwiches that people used to have you know like tea time sandwiches yeah and, like it's there's something incredibly and it's not I like that the bread is different than what you normally get like I like that it's not a panini and mm-hmm. uh it just it's it and it, it yeah it was it was it, it always was like a perfect experience and, and it's I funny because I, I think I sent you um Tejal Rao from the New York Times wrote a big article about the like hippie veggie sandwich in California and like the resurgence of it. And I, I read that article when I was like in the process of figuring this out. And like all the ones that she listed in the article, there's one at Bub and Grandma's, which is a new place in um, Eagle Rock. And there's one at Wax Paper, which is my husband's favorite oh, yeah. 
sandwich place in the world. But all of them had all these extra, extra things. It was like giant pieces of sourdough bread or like homemade pickled this. And it, it all sounded very complicated to me. So what I liked about the, the trail sandwich was that it was really straightforward and not pretentious and easily recreatable. Yeah. And I, and Lux Paper was recommended to me many, many times. They don't have, that's the one with the radio people. Yeah. It's the Ira glasses, the hippie sandwich there. Yeah. And I feel like whenever I, I don't know, I don't know if I ever found my wax paper sandwich that I think I kept trying and it never, I don't think I ever found one that was, didn't, Um, definitely didn't, didn't, I didn't, wasn't one that I liked as much as the trails. The trails one to me is somehow perfect. My husband is obsessed with the Terry Gross sandwich to the point where every time he orders it, like he does like a rant about how it's the best sandwich in the world. And like, there's no, and, and what he loves about it is it's like turkey with like an equal amount of cheddar, grated cheddar cheese. And then it has all this aioli. Like he loves all the like gooey, fatty, like thing. And so when I, I mean, got that sandwich, I took all the cheese off and he was outraged, but I thought it was too much. I could see you took all of it off or just some of it off? All of it off. I don't like t- cheese with turkey personally. Oh, I love cheese with turkey. I just can never eat turkey again. But I do. I do miss. I do miss that. And oh, I understand. Pa- yeah, I'll go ahead. But I mean, that place is probably I feel like people love that place probably because of sandwiches like that, which I don't eat. So that's what would be the starly kind if they did that? I don't know. I mean, it'd probably be grilled cheese. I love that. That's yeah. great. I mean, um, well, speaking of public radio and um, this American life, can you tell us a little bit? I mean, for those who are listening, who are less interested in sprout sandwiches and more interested in in your story, like what was the journey towards that? I mean, you started in California and then did you move to New York first? Yeah, I moved to New York for college. I went to NYU and then mm-hmm. I worked in a I mean, I've told this is I I, wor- I worked in a bookstore. I went to NYU, dramatic writing, which is where you. That's, that's where I went. Yeah, for grad school. We were talking about that before. Yeah. And then I worked and I got kind of more and more disinterested in, in I mean, my it was a weird program when I was there and there wasn't, and and I, I was, I started working in a bookstore across the street, which I was way more into and dog. Um, he was it Shakespeare and company. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, Shakespeare and company. So yeah, of course, but by the, t- I wonder what was Shakespeare, was Shakespeare and company. How was it doing when you were, when, by it, when was, you it were- felt, it was very successful when I was there, but I went there like almost 20 years ago. So, okay. So yeah. You 15 years ago. Oh yeah. yeah. So you went you right after I went. Yeah. Probably. And you were, yeah. And so then, or roughly around after I went and then, uh, so Shakespeare and company was great when I worked <sighs> there and I loved it. And I read all these books and I met all these great people. And then someone, I took this video class at NYU to make documentaries, but it was like, don't, it was, it was like added on to the program. The teacher was totally nice and all that, but it was not the, what I don't even think it was to make documentary. It was a video class because NYU at the time, you just didn't, one of the problems I had with it was that you weren't doing stuff with the film people or the actors. It was so in its own thing. And yeah. so there's a video class, literally like video, a like camera. And oh. I made a documentary. It wasn't a documentary class. My dog really wants me to play with him. Hold on. Oh, um, sure. Trying to give him a toy that's not squeaky. But um, sure. I I made this video class, but there was an old lady who lived next door to me in the East Village who thought I was a drug kingpin. <laughs> she, okay. tried, she would try to frame me. I just, She tried to frame me and tried to get I mean, she was like a vigilante or something like it was all I was in no danger of being 
framed or evicted or anything like she really just I lived right I shared a wall with her and she, I think whoever lived in that apartment she was going to decide was a drug kingpin and wow okay yeah and she would like put these signs up around the building saying apartment three selling drugs which I wasn't and um <laughs> I made a documentary about her because we were kind of like she was really obsessed with me and then I became obsessed with her and then I used to play it I used to have barbecues on my roof after my shifts at Shakespeare and company. And then you could come over, could watch the documentary about her and she would, then you could go in the hall and she would open the door of her apartment and shine a flashlight out at you. Like, (laughs) wow. Yeah. And then, um, someone at Shakespeare and company knew one of the founding producers of this American life, this guy, Paul Tuff. And he, contacted me and he said he wanted to do a story about me and her so there's a story in this american life about me and her when i was like that's great college or just right out of college and then um and then i met him and i was like you're great i love what in this american life was just starting mm-hmm. and i was like this is really interesting this is what i want to do how do i do it and so then i became i applied for an internship and i got there's like this great internship at this american life that's six months long uh-huh I think it's six. I don't know how long it is now, but it was six months long then. And then, and so I got it, went to Chicago and you're basically like a producer, like you're learning how to be a producer. And then I became Mm -hmm. a producer and that was it. So it was all because I worked at that bookstore. That's amazing. And all because of that neighbor who thought you were a drug kingpin. Yes. But (laughs) she was the first part because I did the movie about her. And then, but if I hadn't worked at Shakespeare and Company, I don't know what would have happened because I wouldn't have known how to, like, I wouldn't have been submitting that to, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known how to do anything. And so yeah. like they really, it really came to me. And then I was like, I want, this is, this, this seems right. This seems like what I was missing from <laughs> NYU. You know, my upstairs neighbor, I live in a fourplex. She um, is also frequently on This American Life. Her name's Jeannie Cass. Do you know her? Mm-mm. I don't know. Oh, okay. A lot of people I don't know now. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Also, when I, when I did my first book, I had um, a Boston Globe uh, <laughs> wrote about me and said, Roberts has an irritating nasal voice that would be perfectly at home on This American Life, <laughs> which I was like, wow, that's anti-Semitism 101. Totally. I, yeah. yeah um, well, let's, let's, you know, for the final stretch of this podcast, I do think we should circle back to food, but I thought one fun thing to talk about could be New York versus LA, the classic conversation, but sort of like, you know, the, what kinds of foods you eat when you're in New York, what kind of foods you eat in LA, like, you know, where you, what you grab, what are your places? What are the, you know, yeah, and also your transformative experience. Yeah. Oh, of eating the sandwich? I need, yeah. I need to hear about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I basically, it was just that I loved it. I mean, it, that, was, that was the transformation was okay. that, like, I, I kind of went from, you know, su- suspicious. Like, I was, honestly, I wasn't that excited to eat sprouts on a sandwich. I'll be very blunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, it made me think of going to the Sizzler salad bar with my grandmother growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, just, like, the sprouts just look like hair. And I would always skip over them. Which also probably had bacon bits. Definitely salad bars. When yes. I was, one of those salad bars, Sizzler, Olive Garden, one of them had bacon. Oh, bits. Yeah, yeah. Salad bars. I mean, I could write a, like a memoir called Salad Bars of My Youth. And like that was and going to like a buffet was such a big thing with my family. I'm sure maybe for you, too. Yeah, it was a time. It was that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the revelation for me was that I how much I enjoyed it. And um, I think I'll play with it a little bit. I bought a cucumber. I forgot to mention that. I mm. bought a cucumber and I almost sliced it and put it on the sandwich, but I thought that would be a betrayal of the initial conversation we had. How would you feel if there was cucumber on it? I would hate it because it's like wet and gross, but um, I would, <laughs> I would not like that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, it would be, I, I wouldn't, 
I feel like I get all the crispy I need from that those sprouts and then and then the crunchy from the bacon bits, which I think is a very important part. I really like crunchy. Like I like so stuff in let's say like, like some let's say somebody like cooked you a special dinner like like somebody was like I'm going to cook you a like a dinner like don't don't tell me anything. I'm just going to do it. Um I'm just going to make you like, like this one-on-one dinner and then like you open the door and you walk in and like they lift the platter and like what would be on the plate that like would make you like say I'm so sorry but I have to leave everything almost everything <laughs> really well like peppers mushroom I don't know if I'd have to leave but pep- <laughs> I wouldn't be able to eat anything if it was pep- peppers number one and uh, jalapenos one thousand billion percent like if wow. they have so you can't really go to Mexico it sounds like I have, I can, I just can't, I just can't enjoy anything to the fullest. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the food being really, I went, I went to Mexico City and I remember the food being so delicious. So it's amazing. Fresh. I went there too. But the pepper thing is it, it's like the taste of it raw. Cause like a jalapeno, for example, like if it gets blended into something or if it's like, it's like you wouldn't necessarily taste the pepperiness. It would more just be like heat. I guess I don't mind heat. I get, but the, the, the idea of how paint, like the way they look and how they are is so upsetting to me, but also the smell and taste of them is awful to me. Like yeah. truly awful. I think like the thing that rivals that is relish relish also. Really? So uh, it's so upsetting to me. And those seem very in the same category. And then, and then there's peppers, which I don't like anything to do with them. And in particular, the taste I just hate, like that's one of the few that those that feels like a more rational aversion than some of my other ones, which is just like I don't know why. Like what are, but, what are, what are the other ones? Like tomatoes. Why oh, are yeah. Tina Fey so upset about those inside of the tomatoes? Because I, yeah. I like it's the juice and the and that and those seeds. Those, but- it's all connected. Like it all feels it's like like when I um what did I say about the sandwich and you were like that would be too slimy. Oh, the cucumbers. You were like that would be too yeah. slimy. But it feels like it's like what's that disease? or ailment that people have where it's like synesthesia is that what it's called or where it's like you hear people chewing and it really bothers you but it's, like it's, it sounds like a version of that where it's like not about hearing but it's about like texture or something yeah and I figured that's called but I know people who have that and I do not have that like I know okay. you were saying you were saying I have that but like it's I guess it's in the same thing where you're just like why can't you just not care if we're chewing and why can't you just not care if there's tomato if the tomato is like yeah yeah because yeah. I, I definitely I I know that I really like control. Mine doesn't really control my life because I can just, there's so many ways to, it probably just dims it without, <laughs> like I, there's nothing I can't do because of this. Like right. chewing thing, like they can't, like go, they can't sit where they want to in the movies and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> right, really that's a good point. We're um, having a little technical, oh. um, you, your face froze. So I don't know. Oh, now you're unfrozen. So I don't know if, um, it might be it's my I don't have the most I don't have the strongest Wi-Fi. Oh, no. you're back. You look yeah. okay. Um okay. well that's yeah. I I'm it's so funny because when I try to think like what the equivalent is for me, it really is turkey and cheese together because something about the texture, it's a textural thing of like having your teeth go through the soft turkey and then go through the soft cheese really bothers me. And then I don't know why. I can't really articulate it, but it's similar. Yeah, it's so crazy that we're able to eat any. I mean, it's just crazy. We're humans are so strange. <laughs> we have. Yeah. To, what about your have... family? Does your family have weird peccadillos no, about food? No, my sister. I my sister is really into like 
gluten-free and all that kind of stuff. And it not even, um, but no, she doesn't have, they don't have like the, she loves, like, I don't also don't really, I don't like fruit for the same reason. Um, and she likes all that stuff. Like she likes all the fresh stuff. And I, it's crazy because it makes me actually gravitate towards processed things. Oh, like, okay. So I know that that's not be actually better. Like yeah. I, I'm so afraid of like rotting and and things yeah. not being fresh or like a brown avocado. Like if if an avocado looks brown or or like or I could never make banana bread because of like I I can't handle it and it doesn't that doesn't seem rational but it is my thing and she loves fruit and vegetables. Now that makes me think of like the whole thing about like trauma being inherited like in your DNA because I wonder if that comes from like old times where you know rotten food would make people sick and like it's like so maybe somebody in your past like saw someone die because they ate a rotten banana maybe do you <laughs> do you know do you know this thing about why we get why we feel nauseous when we look at our phones and cars no do, does that happen to you sometimes like when you're in an uber or something yeah like um, and I've, I've wondered about it because when I was little, I used to read in the car all the time. And now I can't, if I look at my, I like, I'd rather, I would, I like taking the subway, but I'd rather take the subway anyway than being an Uber because I, I know I'm going to look at my phone and I'm going to feel sick. I mean, I'm going to feel nauseous. And it's because, it's because when we look, it's, it's not the looking at our phone part. It's the looking out when you look up and you see things moving out the window, your brain can't reconcile that you're sitting you're 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 that you're in this that you're sitting still while moving at the same time uh -huh. and your and your brain thinks you must be hallucinating and so it mm. wants you to throw up what you took because it's a danger to you oh i see where you're going with this so that's, isn't that, yeah isn't that so it's not that's the last thing that's the last reason i expected why we feel nauseous. yeah and it's like this like evolutionary thing that's in you it's trying to get the poison out of you and there is no poison, poison. yeah and they're like yeah. and they're interpreting it as a hallucination like the two things at once so maybe that's your thing with rotten fruit well so i'm saying that's maybe what you're you're suggesting that's what it reminds me of like if yeah yeah maybe um, it is very visceral my reaction to it so what are the processed foods that we would find in your pantry right now well, I mean, now that, I mean, uh, now there's not, I mean, well, now there's, I'm in the sublet and I actually have this great kitchen. It's like the best kitchen I've ever had in New York. You would Really? Do you want to give it to me when you're done with your sublet? Yeah, I know. I don't ever want to leave here, but you should definitely come over and because okay. it needs, this kitchen is, it looks, this apartment looks like an LA apartment. It has. Like I've been looking on street easy every day and I've seen some of the bleakest kitchens I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, they're truly like kitchens in the west village for like six thousand dollars a month where it's like a refrigerator and like a sink and that's all it is i don't think there's even a stove and it's like oh i know i know like people who, yeah i know i know people in manhattan who don't have uh, vendor stoves they have hot plates it's crazy it's like dorms yeah. um but this is i don't know this you'll come over and you'll see it it looks like it looks like la i've never seen an la i've never seen a new york apartment look like la and it has this bathroom that has all these pink tiles like an yeah. la bathroom and then the kitchen is amazing and the yard it's so great and so um but it, this kitchen is should be cooked in and so in my pantry but so so i'm always i haven't quite figured out because i'm in this different neighborhood that i've I, I lived in the same neighborhood for 15 years. I had my like system and I'm in a different, and I moved a lot last year 
and you always have to get a new system and that's part of the weirdness of moving and then um here i haven't figured out all the places to go to get like foods like grocery shop right and so um and so then i and so then sometimes i've been ordering there's this like app called gorillas which is this grocery app there's lots of grocery okay. apps work i think post pandemic especially cool. but like and when i'm on it though i I, I feel so boring. I don't know if the app is boring or I'm boring because it's offering all the same brands that we see. You know, how, don't you kind of feel like some of these places? I definitely feel this at um, like Whole Foods. Like there's less and less brands being offered. Like we're all just like, it's all like Annie's and. Right. LaCroix water. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or just in general. Yeah. Like just, it's just like these, it's like even the big places have like the same brands than the right. as places. And I'm like, it's not even places that I like, not even brands I necessarily really crave. It's just like what I'm now feeling like is being offered. And I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about like grocery stores, not like any, there's probably a million interesting places that I'm not going to. to oh to yeah. Look. I mean, I, I was, we were looking at Fort Green a little bit too. And I, I, th I thought it was beautiful, but like my number one question was like, what are the grocery stores here? And I was like going on Google Maps because I guess there's a Whole Foods, I think, nearby. There's but a like, Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah, but that's like a major factor for me is like, where will I, where will I be food shopping? Shopping, but it's good to know that um, there's an app now that can do it for me. But this app is like limited. This app is like when you like put off eating all day and uh, then you order like the hummus and. But I'm mean, sure there's lots of food app grocery apps that will have all the good stuff too. But this is very limited. There's that, but you need to know that place. You know that place on Atlantic. What's it called? Uh, oh, like this, everything near Park Slope. You mean Brooklyn Larder? No, near Fort Greene. Near Fort oh. Greene and near Borm Hill. Ugh. Oh, if you think of it, let me know because I want to look yeah. at that. It's hugely um, important because it's it's the place that you're gonna have the most. You're gonna enjoy the most. It has everything. Okay. It's so it's so great. Ugh. It's not Union Market, is it? The Hotties. The Hotties. The Hotties. The Hotties. I've, I've never heard of that. All right, I'm oh, gonna well, look that. Oh, you're gonna love it's so incredible. Oh, it's Sahadi. I have heard of that. Yes, I love that. And then and I had like a party, a birthday party. I thought you said the hotties, like H-O-T-T-I-E-S. I was like, somebody opened a grocery store called the Hotties. Like it's hilarious. It probably is that somewhere, but it wouldn't have that would be like stoner food. Sahadi. Sahadi. Yeah, yeah. Um it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so wait, I have to ask you before we wrap up. Um, this feels like it's all been building to this one question which I didn't think to ask until just now, which is what are you going to have for dinner tonight? I don't know. What should I have? Tell me. I well, I, you, I think I, you already I, revealed hummus. Like, I feel like that came up like on your unconscious mind somehow. Well, I hope it's not hummus. So, I mean, I'm saying like hummus would be like what I'll be stuck ordering if I like put off everything. And then I'm like, that's what I mean. Like I'll open this app and I feel so boring. Cause I don't, I don't know what I'm craving. I don't want to be ordering hummus. I just mm -hmm. feel like it'll be the thing that I like, well, they have that and I can get some pita chips. I don't want that. I want to, I mean, I mean, I, I want to, I want, I want to expand. I'm not resisting expanding at all, but like, it is actually kind of a hard thing to do when you're on, it's like, it's a little bit hard to know where to start. But do you ever use Eater? I, I, I mean, I know that's like kind of the cliche website to go to for food, but, I I, but, but like if I, and then a new neighborhood, especially in New York, I'll go on New York Eater, um, newyork.eater.com. And they have maps like they have like, you know, their heat maps and like places to eat. 
And so I'll just see what's close by. So if I was like in your shoes and I was in a sublet, like I would first use something like that. I would go on the infatuation, Grub Street, all of that. I would just like kind of flag all the like little places nearby and then I go there. I think I know the restaurants. Like I, there's so many good restaurants. Not that it's more the getting where to start when it's like if I'm ordering something in for myself. It's oh, not to cook. Are you going to cook it though? I mean, so that's what I, that's what I feel like expansive. I feel like restaurant wise, I'm saying if I were to, if I were to be on that grocery app, if it came down to me just ordering, it's not like, it doesn't come down to me being like, I don't know where to go. So I'm going to order hummus instead. That's when I'm like food threshold. I ran out of time. Like I'm about to actually yeah. get hungry. And then I just, all right, I'm working and I have to order something. But, but, but what about like takeout, like, like noodles or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered those two. But you know, it's always like, that's always like hit or miss too. Like you you start to realize the good places. For, there's tons of, I mean, it's New York. There's tons yeah, of places. I know. For, um, uh, and there's tons of places around here and there's great restaurants. And, I, and I'm and i never like afraid to try a new restaurant or anything like that. Like I'm not afraid. Like, it's That's not where, because I can always, even if I, even if I end up ordering the similar thing on the menu, I'll still go to the, like I'm not. And there is, there's a great this place I just tried called, Pheasant just right by my house. It, okay. I think it's one in Manhattan too. It's really good. It has these like really good um I like polenta kind of stuff. It has like those kind of like polenta cakes and all yeah. that. It's, it's, that it's great. Good. Um I mean Williamsburg you should move to and it has so much good stuff. It's so funny because I have a friend in LA is like, don't move to Williamsburg. It's like that's not cool anymore. And I was like, wait, what? They're wrong. This is like as somebody who lived in Williamsburg for 15 years and like listened to people bash it all the time and then like yeah. moved out of it and then tried all these other neighborhoods. And now all I want to do is get back to Williamsburg. Yeah. Like I'm I'm like, what was this campaign to tell us Williamsburg was bad? Like I actually think it is so great. I think it's better than ever right now because because it's so full of stuff and it's expand it's like expanded out and it's 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 it has such it's so lively compared to a lot of other places it has a real life force to it and the l train goes like right into manhattan so you can like literally go anywhere from the l train which is amazing i think i agree i can't i i think it's because if someone manhattan's the most familiar place to me probably because i went to college here and i feel like when i am staying somewhere that's far from manhattan i don't feel like myself i feel like it's I, I don't want to live in New York without being able to like easily access Manhattan. I mean, I think the criticism of, of it's so funny because like I, I was in um, Williamsburg briefly because my husband was directing an episode of Gossip Girl and they put him up there. And um, and, you know, it's just sort of like the like chase Manhattan on every corner, like that kind of thing where it's like like a lot. It's very developed. And I remember like there was this one day I was walking like past this men's clothing store and had really cool clothes in the window. And so I opened the door. I was like, what's the name of the store? I want to come back. And they were like, J. Crew. And um, that was sort of like my moment of like, okay, Williamsburg has, has a lot of stuff, but that's not bad. No, but I, I have a, I have such a defense of Williamsburg about that exact thing. So that's like, that's like the, the heart of it, right? That, or I don't even yeah. know if that's hard. That's like, that's that Bedford L stop yeah. part, that's which I where I, which is where I lived for 15 years and I watched it all develop. And now um, <clears throat> I actually think, so what I think is so great about Williamsburg is first, I love being around stuff and I want to be around this stuff, but there's actually so much to Williamsburg that is, that is not that because of the industrial feeling of Williamsburg, you don't actually feel penned in. So like yeah. it's an incredible neighborhood with your dog because you mm-hmm. can like, there's so many little streets that I'm like, we're still in Williamsburg. This is crazy. And you can like, like even like, even like walking on the highway, I'm like, there's just like all this space to it. Yeah. And there's more, 
there's more parks than any other neighborhood I've ever lived in. And there's not only just official parks, there's also like kind of accidental parks. There's so many like little triangles that you're like, oh, that's a dog park or that's a place my dog can run around. Or there'll be like a playground, like a school that's like the gates open at night and you can just like toss the ball and and or you can like walk along the water and there's factories. Yeah, yeah I love that Domino Park on the water is really cool. But there's Domino Park. But if you go away from Domino Park, that's a developed park. Like I'm saying you keep walking towards yeah. Greenpool. And there's also like you're suddenly like industrial land where you're like it's just it's so like spacious and and big feeling well without being scary. And like there's no there's no other park. Like I go to, Mc- I'm I'm right by McGorlick Park, McCarran Park. So I can go to either of those parks at three in the morning, and I don't feel scared. Because you're a drug kingpin. Because I'm a drug kingpin. Everyone. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I just think it's so. I actually think it has so many pockets and so many little, like see, like yeah. So you're 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 speaking to the converted. Like, I think I'm ready. But it's so not just J Crew. It's so not even just Chase Bank. It's not yeah. just Bedford. And I after living not near the stuff, I actually missed being near, not near Chase Bank, but I missed being I know, I get it. Like, yeah. I love the stuff and I love the not stuff and I think it has everything and I can't believe this turned into an ad to Williamsburg, <laughs> but I really do defend it. That's and- perfect. I'm going to play this for Craig when this is over so that he'll be convinced too and maybe we'll be neighbors. Oh my God. You should- my street is so cute and quaint and you got to come over. You really have to. Well, this it's flew a- by. This was a full hour and thank you so much for... um. How, how long is normally? An hour. But I'm saying like we, we did the full hour. Um, yeah. Are you any clearer about what you're going to have for dinner? I feel like we kind of never solved the problem. I mean, really, I think I'm craving. I don't know. Maybe I was going to say sushi, but I don't. Yeah. I don't, maybe I'll go to pheasant. Maybe I'll go there. That I really did like it there. Um, Would you just like sit at the bar and have like dinner? Probably that one's it, all these places are really big too. Cause there's like a front and then there's this back. Uh, yeah, probably maybe, yeah, maybe I'll go have dinner at that bar. I've been so out- funny. Yeah. I was saying to Craig, I was like, I never eat alone in LA ever in a restaurant, but I used to do it all the time in New York. And there's something about New York where it just felt so much more normal to me and LA, it feels so much more volitional because you're getting in your car, like you have to like valet and then you walk. I don't know. I just, I can never bring myself to do it here for some reason. Yeah. There was this place I, I know. Yeah. I, I was, I tried for a while in my neighborhood in LA and I actually, it actually like felt bad. Like it actively yeah. felt bad. Like I would yeah. go and, um, no, here it's not. I mean, really the only reason, sometimes the reason I'm ordering in instead of doing that, nothing, I, there's nothing, I never feel, I always, I'm totally fine with going to dinner by myself. It's because of my dog. If I've been like out all day, then I feel sad for him if I'm leaving him. It, that, that's that's the only that's the only like thing between going out or doing it like but uh, like or going out by myself it's just it's like him by himself versus I don't mind me being by myself I actually, yeah yeah I get it yeah my dog hates it when we leave so um yeah. all right well this was for yeah. your dog. I will and then our dogs can play together and keep each other company when we go to pheasant for dinner yeah. And then we can watch each other's dog when we go out of town. That's going to look amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm holding you to that. Be careful. Um, holding, all right. Well, I'm holding you to that, but I have this great place and you can always like stay here and then. Oh, okay. Wow. You're really good. There's a yard with a skate ramp. I don't skate. I know, but the dogs like go up it. Oh, okay. Okay. That Isn't sounds that crazy? good. Isn't that yeah. Crazy? That a, is crazy. A skate ramp. That's very, feels like typical Williamsburg to me. 
Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good rest of your night. Enjoy your dinner. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of You've Got to Taste This. If you'd like the recipe for the hippie sandwich that I made, head over to AmateurGourmet.com and I'll see you back here hopefully in a couple of weeks. We shall see. But in the meantime, I'll keep up with you on all my other mediums. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.